Welcome to the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. Your weekend wake-up tradition for the last 30 years. It's Rosie on the House. Good morning, Arizona homeowners. Now, come on now. You got to admit, it's this time of year at 7 o'clock in the morning. You fall in love with Arizona all over again. Oh, it's so nice out there. We are actually broadcasting live this morning from the Tucson Convention Center for the Saba Home and Garden Show going to yesterday, today, and tomorrow with free Tucson Convention Center parking. Come on down. We are actually going to be broadcasting live. We've been distributing tickets the last couple of weeks for our listeners to get in early. The show actually opens at 10. Any of our listeners with a Rosie Pass can get in at 9 and join us for the live broadcast. We've got chairs set up. If you want to get here a little early and ask a question in person, uh, get firsthand guidance on any project or dilemma you're fighting with or trying to accomplish around your house, home, castle, or cabin, this will be a great place for you to land this morning at 9 o'clock. We'd love to see. It's always interesting when we're out in the public to be able to get to introduce to people that say they've been listening. It was When was it, buddy? About a year ago, a woman said she'd been listening to us every Sunday morning for 43 years. <laughs> Something <Close>. like that. <laughs> and we've we've never been on Sunday, and we've only been on 30 years. But God bless her. She was a real sweetheart. So I'm glad she knew of us for all that while. We're broadcasting this morning in our Arizona People, Places, and Things Hour. Thank you for tuning in, getting up and joining us. I mean, it is absolutely delicious outside so if you want to take the radio open the windows pour yourself a cup of coffee go sit on the back patio and you can join the conversation i'm having with one of our favorite guests one of our favorite guests who you all every one of you want his job (laughs) every one of you want to be the editor of the arizona highways Mr. Robert Steve, thanks for joining us this morning, my friend. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me back, Rosie. Oh, man, you've been busy. I mean, usually usually we can give you a ring and find a Saturday here in the next two or three or four to find you. And, man, we had to wait a long time for you. You guys are busy. Is y'all working harder now that Wynn's retired? Well, yeah, we're having <laughs> yeah, – it's, it's a more of a party, actually. You know? so, <laughs> we're trying to squeeze some work in between all the uh, – you know, the brownies and Kool-Aid and cake and ice cream, right? And Mr. Kelly's doing good, Mr. Kelly Muro. Yes, he's, uh, you know, he's, as you know, he's been a part of our team for a long time and uh, thrilled to have uh, Kelly Muro as our publisher. He's a great guy and a smart guy and uh, has a lot of great ideas. So Arizona Highways is in good hands. It was a fun broadcast when we brought them both in to celebrate Wynn's retirement. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy for both of them. I really am. Hey, today, October 6th, is Buy in America Day. So if you're out shopping or purchasing or looking for something, make sure it's made in America. This is Buy in Made in America products today. Here with Mr. Robert Steve, editor of Arizona Highways. You've got some new things available for Arizona homeowners. Yes, all made in America, too. That's right. right. Made in Arizona. Arizona, even better. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, right on. So we've... uh, you know, as you know, and, and as I've always said, you're a, a great ambassador for, for Arizona Highways, and, and we appreciate that. And, you know, the magazine's been around for almost 95 years. But we also do a lot of books and calendars and things like that, too. So we've got a couple new books coming out. 
Um, and the first book that's coming out is an exciting book that uh, actually looks backward uh, into our archive a little bit. So as you know, uh, Rosie, we uh, do December covers in a little bit of a different oh, way. Yeah. They're always, oh, yeah. always something special. <laughs> and I mean, when you flip through... You know, going back, and, and it really started back in 1938 when uh, Raymond Carlson, you know, really turned this magazine into to what it is today. And and so they've always been special, sort of a holiday feeling, you know, very Christmassy for a long time. We've called it the postcard to the world and all kinds of different things over the years. So what we've got this uh, book coming out is actually just a book of covers. It's really cool. It's 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 the actual size of the magazine and um, I think it's a it's a really cool holiday uh, idea, stocking stuffer sort of thing. But it really, you know, looking back, you can you get a sense of just uh, how the that cover has played such an important role in uh, in our history. Does it show just the picture, Robert, or the the content? It's it's just no it's just the cover it's it's just, a, it's not a real thick book you know it's yeah. it's you know maybe less than a hundred pages but it it you know there we put an introduction in there sort of talking about the significance of our December issues over the the course of those those years but um, you you flip through and I mean there's some great old photographs obviously um, you know they did some sort of kitschy things you know back in the day they did uh, what's a kitschy thing well you know we we would take it would we would call it Photoshop today. They would have this gorgeous <laughs> photograph by, you know, David Munch, for example, and they would, you know, sort of cut and paste, you know, holly berries around the oh, outside of the page and, and things like that. There were, uh, you know, some, some... I remember that cover. Yeah, you know, <laughs> right. And so they, you know, it was just them getting, you know, creative with, with the tools they had at their disposal back in those days. And, um, you know, and then there was, we went through this phase where, if you look at them today, you think it had to be Photoshop, but we would actually uh, take a Christmas tree and decorate it and stick it places. So there's a f- photograph, a cover with uh, Antelope Canyon, and there's a, a Christmas tree <laughs> sitting in the middle of Antelope Canyon with, uh, <laughs> with you know, all decorated for the holidays and, and things, but uh, also just some, you know, beautiful, spectacular photography on the cover, too. So you'll give in the book a little description of how this photo was set up and the background and story mm-hmm. of it? Yeah, as much as we know. You know, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's yeah, a good right. question because, you know, a lot of times, you know, the only information we have at our disposal is what's printed in the magazine because, you know, a lot of, a lot of history has come and gone, unfortunately. And, you know, and a lot of those men and women who built those great magazines aren't with us anymore, so we can't really pick their brains. But, yeah, we provide all the information we can and... Uh, we think it's a really cool book. Well, we've lo- always loved having y'all on about this time of year to kind of promote the gift-giving mm-hmm. opportunities that y'all provide. And this new book is just one of those. Uh, this is probably last year we're going to have y'all on. This state's getting kind of crowded for my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, can I get one of those rosy passes before I leave? Because yeah. I, I think that could come in handy. So you could get back in, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now, for getting those things from the shop, too, there's an actual physical shop, right? In- yeah, right. Our office, yeah. uh, we're in the same building we've been in since the 50s. It's uh, over near Encano Park for your listeners who are familiar with the Phoenix area, and it's a it's a neat old building. And and in and our lobby is actually a gift shop, and we do we have all kinds of things in there. We've got, of course, our calendars are a big part of our history, and we have uh, multiple options with calendars. We have these really cool diner mugs with, you know, old illustrations from the magazine on them. We've got lots of posters and books, and 
a lot of uh, Arizona made, you know, you're talking about made in America, made in Arizona. You know, our store carries a lot of salsas and, and, and sort of holiday gifts in terms of, you know, Christmas ornaments and, and all of that sort of stuff. So a lot of really cool stuff in there. Well, I've told you this before that we have a pretty long list of relatives back east, particularly along Interstate 10 in southern Louisiana, that get subscriptions to Arizona Highways as just little thank you mementos for things they've done for us over the years. And so, Jennifer and I just got back from a two-week road trip in New Orleans, and every house we stopped at, you could see the Arizona Highways right there (laughs) on the coffee table. And that was the first thing they wanted to talk about. We love our Arizona Highway subscription. Well, we're we're grateful for that. And, and, and as you know, we have subscribers in all 50 states and more than 100 countries around the world. And, you know, as editor, I get to open my email every day in, in the mailbox and, and hear from those people all over, like your, your family back in Louisiana. And, you know, it's great hearing their perspective and, and the things that, that really intrigue them about our great state. I know you have subscribers in every state because no one from Arizona ever wins that photo contest on you the know, back page. You know, Rosie, usually you save that jab until the end of the show. Wait, You got it in early, man. I'm, I'm impressed. Man, oh, man. You know, somebody from Essex Junction, Vermont, no, 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 knows where knows where why Arizona is. Well, you know, how, you know, go figure that out. That's that's the marketing of the magazine, man. And another book. You have another new yes. book coming out, right? So this is a really exciting book as well. And so um, Grand Canyon National Park uh, is turning a hundred on uh, February nineteenth, and so it's the big centennial up there. And we've been talking about what we wanted to do as far as a book goes, and course as you can imagine there are a lot of books about the grand canyon and um but this is really about the park you know the canyon itself turned you know 100 a couple million years ago but the park itself <laughs> is turning 100 and so you know we talked to different writers and photographers and, and we just weren't finding anything that was original and then it dawned on me that you know the the magazine's just about as old as the park itself so what we ended up doing is i went through every single issue we've ever done and, and curated the archive and and came up with our coverage of Grand Canyon National wow. Park over the last 10 decades. So it's a great book with all these wonderful old stories, a lot of really, really cool old black and white um, images. And it comes up to the modern times, so you know, you'll see some of our current photographers in there too. But most of it's, it's looking way back. And it's really neat when you read these old stories, just the, the language itself was very flowery and you know, and there was no consistency. And, you know, in one sentence, opinion pine would be spelled two different ways. And and so... <laughs> they didn't have autocorrect then. They didn't have autocorrect. <laughs> and, and, you know, there were actually, you know, some factual errors that weren't, you know, necessarily... They didn't know they were facts. It's just we've learned things since then, right? You know, about, you know, for example, I think one story said the Colorado River was the third longest river in North America, and it's it's not. Um, so we had to think about what we wanted to do with all that stuff. So we actually just put a disclaimer up at the front and said, mm-hmm. you know, there's Perfect. there's some things in here. But we didn't want to change the, the sort of the the beauty of those old pieces. We wanted to keep that the essence of what they were trying to convey back in the 1930s and 1940s and so on. So it's a really, really wonderful book. If, uh, if you're a fan of the Grand Canyon, uh, I think you'll learn some things and enjoy that book. That's two new books available through Arizona Highways. You can go to shoparizonahighways.com and take a look at all of the things they've got available for you to help celebrate this particular holiday season. Here visiting with Mr. Robert Steve, a couple great issues recently that I want to talk about, as well as a couple issues you've got coming up 
that you want to talk about. We're going to do all that, as well as congratulate the Arizona Highways. I want to know more about this, who just recently won 17 mm. national awards. You're here this morning at Rosie on the House with our own Robert Steve of Arizona Highways. Cruising through the Arizona Hour with Sanderson Ford and Rosie on the House. It's open window, open door weather right now in the great state of Arizona. Good morning and thank you for tuning in to Rosie on the House, your Saturday morning tradition for 30 years. Here this morning with editor of Arizona Highways Magazine, Mr. Robert Steve. Robert, you've you've been there, what, about 10 years? Uh, going on 12, my friend. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, you said it at the top of the show. I'm, I'm blessed to have the... The second best job in Arizona, Rosie. Oh, <laughs> right after you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. If uh, if I could uh, journey with you, and you know, when I read the front of the magazine, I get maybe, and I've told you this before, I get maybe six or eight magazines at home, and you're the only one that I open and read the editor's intro to that particular issue. Yeah, and how much do I owe you again for that? I know <laughs> you, I didn't get your invoice this month yeah. for that. <laughs> you're the only one I read. The other ones I just skip right by them. Well, I'm flattered. Hey, Thank you, sir. We were we were talking a little bit before the break about really uh, a testimony to how fabulous this magazine is. Seventeen national awards you just brought home recently, like within the last thirty days. Uh, yeah, last week I was up in Denver for a magazine conference and. Uh, yeah, you know, we have an amazing uh, team of people back. At, it's a small shop. You know, there's only six people on my team that, that do everything that you you read by Arizona Highways. That's the books, the magazines, the, ca- the calendars, the all the social <laughs> media, everything. And, you know, but it's a labor of love for, for each of us. And so, uh, yeah, to be recognized for, for some of the things that we've done in the magazine is, uh, is, is, is very nice. But, you know, the real reward, and this sounds this sounds hokey and corny but uh it, you know we get to to be a part of this this legacy and this this long history at arizona highway so the awards are great and i'm so proud of my people and uh and we're all just grateful to be on this on this ride what were some of the categories robert like i'm sure it was photography of course well you know right so we win there's there's basically writing categories uh, design categories and photography and and you know you win you know there's a co- best cover category so you know, we won uh, you know several gold, silver, and bronze medals in different categories. We won, you know, for best headline, and we won, you know, some definitely some some writing awards as well. But yeah, photography, you know, we sh- we usually do pretty good in that category but, too. And even the writing, you know, we were going to talk a little bit about some of the past issues. This one from August, boots, chaps, and cowboy hats. Mm-hmm. Um, was reading the one you can call me cowboy by yeah. Kelly Vaughn. Mm-hmm, yeah, very excellent writer. Yeah, she's uh, she's our managing editor, and she. Uh, she is a yeah a wonderful writer and you know unfortunately you know she's busy doing a lot of other things and we don't get to you know put her in front of the the, the laptop and write as much as we'd like to but uh, um, yeah we're we're fortunate to have her on the team. That's the story about the 
woman Sheila on the Carlson. Flagstaff Ranch. Yeah, right. Isn't that a great story? And, yeah, and I liked, um, she said, it was kind of the dilemma, what do you call her? Yeah, she, right. you know, Is she a cowboy? Is she a cowwoman? She says, there's no such thing as a cowwoman. And she <laughs> said, it's really not who I am, it's what I do. Yeah. So she, she cowboys. She's a cowboy. But right. she's just kind of an independent soul who loves working outside. She does everything. Yeah, I was expecting some some feedback from some readers about that that very thing but we didn't didn't really hear from anyone but you well, I know. thought it was just very it's a verb not a noun she yeah. says just what I you know I think all of us tend to kind of identify with what we do mm-hmm. but she's talking about you know this is this is what I do and but I'm I'm still me yeah another article in that particular magazine that caught Jennifer's attention was the young photographer from Tucson oh right the uh, the, the the young man who won our photo contest with uh, the Nature Conservancy. Damon, is that right? Damon Galasso? Yeah. and uh, Damien. Yeah, Damien. So, right, so we've been partnering for, for several years with the Nature Conservancy um, and Cox Communications on, on a, a photo contest for, um, for students. This is just for kids. And the, the whole purpose is to actually get kids out into the outdoors, get them away from you know, their electronic devices and, you know, get off the couch, so to, so to speak. And and it's a it's a priority for the Nature Conservancy. So we've been partnering with with this great team of people, and and uh, and the contest grows each year. And this this young man um, from down in Tucson, homeschooled, got to give him a little plug. We have a special <laughs> heart for homeschool kids. Yeah, and it and it it shows right. And so this for your listeners, he he what he did he he he, he was a, a finalist the year before. I think he was a runner up, and or maybe third place. Third, yeah. third place. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jennifer. And. So he won some money, used that money, went out, and he actually made that that photo the year before with a with a video camera, and he just made a still shot out of a video, which is also pretty impressive. And so then he used his, his winnings to go buy a real camera, still didn't have a lot of money to go buy a lot of elaborate lenses, so he made this shot of this damselfly, and he shot it through a microscope, a handheld microscope that he set up out in his backyard just very clever, and, and I'll tell you something. I was, I was, uh, I met him with several other longtime photographers and some of our heavy hitters, and and none of them <laughs> could believe what this kid did. It was like it was almost like, why didn't I think of that, right? Oh. You know. And so anyway, just you know, the innovation of this this young man, and he's obviously somebody who's very gifted and talented, and also just sort of thinking out of the box, as they say. So it's a really cool shot. It's, it's really inspiring. He had to sit shot. really still in his backyard. The camera was in his, was in his lap, and it's this damselfly mm-hmm. and micro shot. It's amazing. Yeah, it was really, really impressive. And so that that contest will be coming up again um, at the beginning of the next year in early 2019. So if you have kids out there, keep it in mind. We'll keep that. We'll put on our event calendar, Rosie on the House. Back with Robert Steve, editor of Arizona Highways Magazine, right after that, talking a little bit about some upcoming issues as well. He does get his boots on every once in a while and get out of the office and onto the trail. Let's find out where he's been He can let us in on a couple of his secret hike locations when we're back. It's our wide open road. The Rosie on the House Arizona Hour with Sanderson Ford. An easy listening Saturday morning. Good morning to you all here at Rosie on the House. Visiting this morning with Mr. Robert Steve, the editor of Arizona Highways Magazines. One of the things I love about the magazine is about three years ago, 
I could always get to the one section of the magazine that showed the cover from 50 years ago. And the mm. first thing my mother did when we got to Phoenix, Arizona at 56th Street and Thomas across from the Motorola plant in a two-bedroom home with seven kids was buy a subscription <laughs> to the Arizona Highways magazine. And she would use that. My dad was an adventurer. There was mm. never any place he didn't want to go and every trip we ever took was packed with side trips and adventures and things he would uncover and between arizona highways magazine and his good friend bob hirsch we mm. saw the state but i can recognize the covers we've been reading it wow. for 50 years that's terrific that's great to hear that you know Man. rosie uh just talking about that, we were just coming home from New Orleans this past week and just realizing how much open space that we can access here in Arizona. You know, as you go through Texas, it's all privately owned. And I'm like, well, can we drive over there? And you're like, no. Well, hey, can we go look at that? Well, no. But in Arizona, there's just so many places you can get off the road. One of the things they have on the website for Arizona Highways is a 1946 National Parks map poster. And it just shows so many places you can get out and really, really enjoy the outdoors. Yeah, we have, you know, and that's a great point. We have more than 35 million acres of, of public Woo. lands in our state. We're actually only, you know, it's the third most of any of the, Alaska crushes everybody in that. Actually, <laughs> Nevada is the second most, and uh, we're actually the third most in to terms of total acreage. So it's a great point and, and a lot to see out there. A lot of good boot time yeah, or, or horseback time. <laughs> yeah, speaking of that, actually, something really cool that's happening today, and I know we always talk about hiking, uh, Rosie, um, there's something happening today. It's called the uh, Arizona Trail in a Day event. And what's happening today, hikers and uh, uh, mountain bikers and equestrians, they're, they're traveling the whole length of the uh, Arizona Trail, oh. which, is a, which is 800 miles. So it's, they, they, for this event, uh, the trail was broken up into about 100 sections. So there's at least 100 hikers and, and more, obviously, as you're hiking with your friends and things. So all 100 sections of the trail are being hiked. You have to, you have to do it in 24 hours. And this is um, to celebrate um, the National Trail Systems Act, which was uh, signed into law um, 50 years ago that we're celebrating that this week, October 2nd, 1968, that that bill was signed, which created, you know, the Appalachian Trail and ultimately the Arizona Trail, the Pacific Crest Trail, and, and all these great national trails that we have today. So any of you listeners out there who are close to a segment of the Arizona Trail, and it, in our area here in Phoenix, it kind of comes up through the Superstition Mountains, um, uh, hit the trail today and be a part of something really, really cool. That is cool. You know, as my mom used the Arizona Highways as our adventure guide, you've got a couple recent issues that would make, I mean, all your issues would make a great, but you had a September issue that was get into the outdoors. It was, it, it, the cover says, explore mm -hmm. Arizona's backcountry. Right. And another recent one that's a lot of fun is the issue on ghost towns. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting you ask that. We have this ghost towns book that we did in, I think it was 1992, and, and it is one of our best-selling books. It's just there's this great intrigue um, in Arizona. Obviously, we have a, a high number of ghost towns in our state, 
And, you know, for us, it's just one more excuse to kind of get in your car and go out and exactly. explore something. And, yes. you know, there's not, not always a lot to see at a lot of these ghost towns. It, you know, sometimes it's just a few old buildings. But when you get to these places, and I know I know you and Jennifer have been there because you're, you're great adventurers in our state. You, you know, you just kind of step back in time a little bit and um, and get the sense of what it was like to live there. And then when you think about how, how some of these places were just thriving to such a degree, I mean, some of them had you know, car dealerships and, and things like that. And, and they were so, they were so prosperous. And then you look at them today and, and, you know, not much there. I get there, I pull up a chair and I talk to the Adobe walls. Mm, I yeah. talk, I talk to the collapsed roof rafters. I talk to the termite and dry rotten wood <laughs> sashes. What, what, well, what, do, they what, are, yeah, what yeah. do they say to you? Rose? <laughs> <laughs> we, we have our own little private peaceful conversation. Mm-hmm. It's just, just really a spectacular adventure. So the Ghost Towns edition is a particularly great one for families to get their hands on and use it as a guide to jump in the car. Most of these ghost towns are available and accessible within a sedan. You're not needing a mm-hmm. high clearance. There's a couple that you mentioned a high clearance might be a good idea but there's a lot that are available in sedans. The Explore Arizona's Backcountry is another excellent way that you can get out there and just kind of get to the trailheads. And if you're not familiar with camping or pushing in overnight and all that, just push in one or two miles with the kids and explore and come on back out and get back to the car and the hotel or wherever you want to stay and just get the kids touching the great outdoors. Robert, where have you been recently? Have you had any time to get? Yeah. Do you do you know that this last rainstorm came one day after the end of the monsoon season? The monsoon season <laughs> ended Sunday. The rain hit Monday, and it will not be recorded as part of our monsoon collection. It's like the, it's like the warranty on my car battery. Yeah. It always you know, my battery dies the next day after that warranty expires. But um, yeah, isn't that crazy? Wow, you know. Yeah, some some crazy weather, and and it's a good point to bring up, as as I think we all know the, you know, eighty nine going up north to Page was uh, washed out. Uh, the great folks at ADOT got that thing put back together in a in a short amount of time, um, so that road is now open again. So if you're headed up to Page or the North Rim, but it's an important thing to to point out that when you go out on some of these back roads to explore the back country. You should call ahead, call the Forest Service or the State Park or the National Monument, whatever it might be, and and just get an update on those roads. Because, you know, 35 million acres of public land, there's a lot of remote backcountry, and it's hard for for all those uh, folks to keep up with all the maintenance on that. But um, uh, recently, yeah, I mean, I I do get out, and I've got some great hikes planned. I'm headed up to to Bear Wallow up in uh, the White Mountains, and... uh, trying to beat the snow up there which is okay. in the forecast but uh, not too long ago I did this great trail which I hadn't, hadn't I didn't really know anything about it's called the Hyde Mountain Trail and it's up near Camp Wood north of uh, Prescott yes. off Williamson Valley Road which you know for your listeners who are just especially this time of year just looking for a great scenic drive take that Williamson Valley Road north from from Prescott but uh, Hyde Mountain's this great sort of remote spot um, it's actually easy to get to uh, I did not see a single person out on the trail, which is usually That's my, my kind of hike. Yeah, my, my kind me- of hike too. Yes. <laughs> yeah, my measure of a great hike. And so you get up there, and there's this old uh, fire fire tower up there, and it's unique because it's it's not a tower; it's actually just a structure. You're so high and so remote there that they didn't have to put this this fire tower on stilts. So um, you get up there, and 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 just the panoramas. You know, you can see the San Francisco peaks to the north. You can see 
you know, you can, on a, you know, if it's clear, you can probably see 50 miles in every direction. It's really, really spectacular. Isn't there a Springs Trail, too, off Williamson? Yeah, you know, this. yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of really great trails up there, and, and it's just not, not a place most people go to. Most people sort of head up to Flagstaff, which, of course, is a, always a great option, but there's, there's other things in this state, too. Let me ask you this. You're going to head over to Bear Wallow. Aren't you going to be smack dab on the very edge of the Wallow Fire? Well, that's actually that's a great question. That's what I want to do. You know, it's been several years since uh, since the big fire. And the, the Bear Wallow Trail, actually, which is where that fire started, the fire kind of blew out away from that trail. So that trail actually didn't get hit okay. as hard as some of the surrounding areas. But obviously there was damage. But as you know, you know, up there where they get a lot of moisture, where aspens grow, things tend to fill in a lot quicker than they do in, in some of the other parts of the state. So really, yeah, it's a great question. I'm going up there for that exact reason. I want to see what it looks like. I haven't, I happened to be in there about six months before the fire and um, that, that previous fall. And so I haven't been back up. So, yeah, it's, I have a little pause, you know. It's like, it's like going in, you know, walking into a war zone on some level. But uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see all the new growth that, that surely has happened up there. May we see some there, good color, too. Yeah. We were there camping one year after the fire. And I thought it's, it's going to be years before I can ever come back here. It was mm-hmm. just too devastating Ro- Romy, to Romy grew up camping in that part of the state. That's oh, yeah. our favorite corner of the state. And we went back this summer uh, to an area just south of Big Lake, about mm-hmm. 12 miles. Yeah. Found a nice little meadow. And there's still a lot of devastation that you see, but it's not all charred black. But the fun thing was the wildlife was yes. back to the They're White Mountains. They're all back, yes. You know, we there, it was under fire restrictions, so we couldn't have a fire. So we would just drive around at night. And look at the meadows, mm-hmm. and I mean, there was just every meadow something mm-hmm. else was in. We saw huge herds of deer and elk, and one day in the middle of the day, three antelope walked in front of the meadow in front of us, and we just sat there under the trees, shade, and watched these three antelope just graze their way across the meadow. It was it was a lot of fun. Well, aspen is the first significant tree that comes back after a fire, mm-hmm. and they love aspen yeah that's uh, uh that's good eating man that's good eating and there <laughs> there are meadows where Romy camped as a kid with the rest of the family uh, up at tinney mountain middle mountain the upper of the camp the upper campbell blue river all burned devastated by the wall of fire but there are meadows that we have pictures of the kids in there that robert is so thick right now mm-hmm. with eight foot tall aspen trees you literally literally could not even walk through the meadow it's that thick yeah it's 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 interesting you know it's a great uh, lesson in ecology watching you know all that rebirth up there and it's going to be a long time before we have you know those big giant trees again but uh in the meantime it's 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 coming back we're going to have a lot of fall color i think that whole wall of fire and i'm looking for the silver lining i mean i wish it had never burned but yeah. uh, with the aspens coming back that whole four hundred and eighty thousand. Uh, square miles that burned uh, are all coming back in the aspen we're going to have fall color like have escadilla actually Mm -hmm. burned to the ground in the 50s yes it did and so the first time i ever saw it was in the 70s and then i just grew to love it and terry flat up there on the top and the fire tower and all that was one of my favorite places in all arizona to be 
And this brings the topic of fall color. Where where will Robert and his family, <laughs> of all the pictures you've seen, of all the resources available to you, what will be some of your fall color little ad- road, adventure road trips? Well, you know, it's a fall break coming up this week for uh, a lot of school children in, in Arizona. So I have a twin seven-year-olds. So uh, dad and daddy-daughter trips all over the state in the coming weeks. So we're going to head up to Flagstaff and tool around out toward Hart Prairie. That's definitely one of my favorite spots up there. And, you know, you don't get solitude in that sense, but it's still such a beautiful spot to go. And uh, heading up uh, to the White Mountains up up on the Mugion Rim and, and beyond over toward Greer to, to see what's going on out there. And, um, you know, and you talk about fall color in Arizona. And I, I got in trouble if, about seven or eight years ago. I put on the cover Autumn in Arizona and why it's better here than it is in Vermont. And, uh, you know, it, was, it, it created this great uproar around the country, and, and the story kind of went viral. We heard from the governor's office in Vermont, and it was all tongue-in-cheek. But the point was, you know, fall color in Vermont lasts a couple of weeks. Here in Arizona, you know, fall color started a long time at the end of August, uh, you know, up on the North Rim. And we get fall color into January into some of these riparian areas down here in the desert. So, you know, if, if you're listening out there, and you're 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 thinking, well, I can't get out, I can't get out. You know, fall lasts a long, <laughs> long time in Arizona, and there's just different places, you know, you can go. You get up in Doak Creek Canyon, I mean, it doesn't really hit yet until early November up there. So um, there's lots of opportunities in our state. And, Robert, you probably uh, know this, but have you seen the Leafometer? The Leafometer? No. Is that is that like a rosy pass? Not quite. <laughs> you go to flagstaffarizona.org. Jennifer found this a couple weeks ago. And there is a link on it that says Leafometer, and you click on it, and it brings you to this page where it'll show you, like, okay, sw- what stage? when we looked at it two weeks ago, everything was still green, but now Arizona Snow Bowl is into the oh, wow. uh, yellow, and it'll go to orange and then red. It'll show you where the Arboretum is. That's in yellow. Oak Creek is still in the green. City of Flagstaff is right between yellow and orange, so it's a... If you are going specifically for fall color, you go to flagstaffarizona.org and click on the leaf ometer. That's great. That's great insight, man. Thank you. We'll put that up on our website. We love to highlight Arizona Farm Bureau on the first Saturday of the month. And fall is one of my favorite times because we have so much to choose from in the Arizona Produce Department. And this month, we're going to talk about chilies. Chilies are known as the most popular flavoring in the world. And to talk about that with us is Jan Diatri, Arizona's favorite chef. Oh, well, thank you so much. Yeah. I took your information about chilies, Jen, and I turned it into one incredibly flavorful, easy, super go-to dish that I think is going to be your new favorite, and it's honoring chilies. Well, I can't wait to talk about it, but I have one little caveat to tell everybody. Yeah. You always say, don't do a recipe the first time for <laughs> guests. Take Jan's word for it. Do not practice on guests. My watermelon cake from <laughs> July or whatever was hideous. We're My kids called it a Dr. Seuss cake. <laughs> so practice on, no. your, on yourself and then fix it for no, guests. No, it's so weird because we did talk about that, and you did ask me. You said, what's one tip that we can give listeners? And I said, just never make the recipe until you do it once, and then you can tweak it. You can add more salt or pepper if you want. And what did you do? 
I tweaked it. <laughs> I didn't even know I was tweaking it. You really mean it, though. So, so get on those one-minute videos and really pay attention. And That's right. Yes. My, on my Facebook page, I have one-minute kitchen videos. I've mm -hmm. got many, many of them now. And this one, though, I will get, go out on a limb, Jen, and tell you that I think you could do this one first time out. It's so simple. Oh, yeah? Okay, so this is a super simple chili enchilada. And there is a, a magic bullet in a bottle, and this is called Herdez Guacamole Salsa. You can now find it in most stores. It's so popular. H-E-R-D-E-Z. It's a guac salsa, Jen, and all you do is pour that over your enchiladas. So you're going to get corn tortillas. Corn. It has to be corn tortillas. Get corn tortillas. Put the salsa, this guacamole salsa, in a, front, in a skillet and heat it up. Add some cream or, or milk, about a half a cup, just to smooth out the flavor because it's got a kick. Then you're going to take corn tortillas, not flour tortillas, corn tortillas, and you're going to take them and you're just going to dredge them. And I'm doing wow, that right now. That. Yeah. I'm dredging the tortilla. While it's sitting in there, you take rotisserie chicken mm -hmm. from the store and then sprinkle it with a little bit of uh, cheddar or jack. Okay. Roll it up, put it in a casserole, and then the remainder of the guacamole salsa that you have in your skillet, pour it right over the top. Add some cheese, put it in the oven for a half an hour, and I just pulled this out of the oven, and I'm going to scoop up a beautiful enchilada for you, and if you can hand me your plate right there, th this is a big one, this is a giant size. Look at how easy that is. Wow, the cheese is wow. gooey. The chicken is already cooked. Wow, what a lot of flavor. That is great. And so easy. You don't have to worry about making guac salsa. You don't have to worry about doing the chilies. It's all in this jar. It's a 15-ounce jar, and that's going to make a nice big casserole of enchiladas for you. Well, be sure you celebrate chilies. This would be a perfect. great recipe for company. Perfect, perfect. Coming over would be great for tailgating. So, And you can find the recipe on our blog at rosieonthehouse.com, or do you have it on yours as you well? Sh I should. Sure do. You can go to jandiatri.com uh, or Facebook, One Minute Kitchen, and look for the uh, guacamole salsa enchilada. Thanks for stopping in. Absolutely. Romy, do you have a favorite green chili cheeseburger? Hmm. There's a place just outside so. of Santa Fe that makes the best green chili cheeseburger. I drive 40 miles out of my way anytime I'm near there just to get one. But on the way home from New Orleans, your mom and I stopped in El Paso, stayed in a downtown hotel, and the lobby of that hotel served me, I think, the best green chili cheeseburger <laughs> I have ever had. So your next detour is a little more than 40 miles. I, I, would drive back, <laughs> I would drive back to El Paso for that green chili cheeseburger. It was absolutely phenomenal. We're here this morning with Robert Steve from the Arizona Highways Magazine we want to talk a little bit about our upcoming staycation where we send our listeners of the show around the state uh, to great places to stay. Jennifer just sent a couple up to La Posada in Winslow. Yeah, one of the great uh, great old hotels, Mary Jane Coulter. Beautiful spot in Arizona. Jennifer and I were recently driving through there, and we took a detour just to go get to the gift shop. She wanted to buy some of the stamped copper mirrors for her sister for Christmas or something. I hope she's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> I just blew that one, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, but it's a great spot. I don't know how their green chili cheeseburgers are, but I know that they have a beautiful dining room up there, and it's just a, it's just a classic experience and uh, one of the great uh, you know, historic 
buildings here in our state. Staying at La Posada, dining in the turquoise room. If you've never tried the wild game dish, I think it's venison, antelope, elk, and elk. Mm. It is an absolutely fabulous dinner. With all that said, just to try that, that sounds good. All, all your holiday shopping, get to Arizona, shop ArizonaHighways.com. Robert, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate your time. Thank you, sir. We're always happy to stop in.